Amen. Well, it's good to be here at New Life today and love the activity of the children. What a great service we've experienced, Robert, and this has just been a blessing for me to be a part of today's worship service. I get the opportunity to preach in a lot of different churches um, all across North and South Carolina, and today I would say is the most unique in, you know, beginning of the worship service that I've been a part of, and uh, what a blessing. Uh, those, those hymns and uh, take me back. I'm a preacher's kid. Um, and so my dad's a retired pastor now, um, and so and I'm thankful for the years of ministry God's given me in the pastoral. And this is a special place, by the way. Coming back to Bowling Springs brings a lot of memories. Uh, we, uh, I guess, going back to 1996. All right, we're aging ourselves a little bit, but uh, a, a, a redheaded pastor with a Georgia stomp. I don't know if y'all know that guy. I call him a Georgia stomp because I'm sure he stomped on this stage and go, you know, and did that. And he was uh, something else. He took an opportunity on a, uh, a young pastor that was graduating from seminary back in 1996 and uh, asked me to come be his associate pastor um, at the local church up near Lake Bowen. And I had the opportunity to do that for four years and uh, learned a lot. From Pastor Bill. I'm so thankful for his ministry. I actually talked to him this week and he said, make sure you mention my name. And I said, yes, sir, I will be glad to. And uh, I am thankful for Bill Harris. He has uh, certainly been a blessing in my life and taught me so many foundational principles that the Lord is still using in my life as I came as an associate and was involved in so many different activities at New Prospect during those years. And I know I see some familiar faces out there as well. The Lord is blessed. And so uh, it's, it's, it, time goes by quickly, though. It's amazing just running to a few folks and talking about kids and grandkids and all those things. And so back then, just to give you all a little secret, I was known as the baby preacher, all right? I mean, I'm not a baby anymore, but back then I was known as the baby preacher. And um, I had, uh, we had uh, two kids that were born here at Mary Black Hospital. Uh, we bought our first house right down the road, Hanging Rock Road, right down uh, the street here, and I uh, lived there for a couple years. And then the Lord called me to, to go to Florence and was in Florence, South Carolina for seven years as associate and then senior pastor. And then the Lord led me to uh, Charlotte, and I was a, a, a campus pastor for First Baptist Indian Trail for five and a half years. And then ultimately to downtown, uptown Charlotte, was there First Baptist Charlotte. Um, right about five blocks from Panther Stadium, three blocks from where the Hornets play. I uh, was there four years as associate pastor, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Lord, after 22 years of church ministry, the Lord called me to lead and be the president of Christian Adoption Services. And so it's been a real blessing. I've been a part of this ministry since March of 2016, and I'm very thankful for what God is doing through this ministry and the opportunity I have uh, to, to raise awareness of orphan care. And so I'm very thankful and privileged to be before you today and to share a little bit about, not so much about this ministry, but what I believe is God's call for all of us um, to care for the orphan. And the need is great. And so, again, so thankful to be here. Now, I will admit, I, my voice is a little raw today. Um, I know I'm in the wrong Carolina when it comes to who I pull for, but I'm a Tar Heel fan, all right? And so I happened to be in Chapel Hill yesterday, and uh, I know, how many, how many Clemson fans are in here? Do we have any? All right, very good. You're lucky. That's all I'm going to say. You were on the ropes. It was on the ropes. I know you were sweating it, you know. And uh, by the way, that chant is still in my head. That band was there from, there was an orange, and 
I, I do agree, y'all do know how to spell, all right? C-L-E-M-S-O-N, all right? And so, anyway, but I'll, listen, bat, football is your sport. Basketball is our sport, though, right? And I'm still thankful that when I was here in 1996 and having to deal with all that to 2000, you still have it one in Chapel Hill in basketball, all right? And so that streak lives on, and so I'm thankful for that. And by the way, not to, not to just pick on the Clemson fans because they are number one, but do we have any South Carolina fans in here? I was in Charlotte the last uh, Saturday of August, and I'm thankful we beat you, okay? And so that was a good day. So uh, I was thinking, Lord, if I go preach in South Carolina and we beat both those teams in football, man, they're going to run me out of here. And so, But uh, it, was, it was a good day. I got home late last night. You can tell I was a little excited about the game, but uh, it was a good game. It really was an exciting game. So congrats to the Tiger fans out there. Um, and so, again, so thankful to be here today. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And Scott, thank you for, for inviting me. I love your pastor. And by the way, I, I see so much. It's so neat. Bill Harris does such a wonderful job in mentoring young pastors and pouring into them and it's neat to see Scott it's kind of like I see myself 20 years ago or you know that to see I know Bill poured into Scott just like he did me and so it's neat to see all that come together and how God is using your pastor and your church to make such a difference here um, in the upstate area in Bowling Springs so Scott thank you again for having me uh, today so Ephesians chapter 1 we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 6 today. So just four verses we're going to, we're going to talk about. And today's message is entitled, Adopted into the Kingdom. Adopted into the Kingdom. So let's read this text together. Three truths I'm going to share with you today in our time. Um, adopted into the Kingdom. Let's look at verse uh, 3, beginning Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us, and here's that word, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the beloved. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Again, three truths I want to share with you today. And we're going to come back and unpack this particular text. And I pray today to Lord, um, some of you may not have known I was coming or adoption and all that. Um, you know, we're talking about adoption today, but I pray the Lord just uh, speaks to your heart and you'll leave here challenged and changed because of a divine encounter with God today. But let's look at this first truth, and it's found in verse 3 as we think again about this theme of what does it mean to be adopted into the kingdom of God. Number one, if you're a Christ follower today, the Bible tells us in verse uh, 3 that we have been spiritually blessed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're a Christ follower today, we've been blessed through a spiritual relationship with Christ. Now, go back and look at that text again, and we see that very clearly. Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I remember way back in seminary, back in the early 90s, uh, it was kind of neat. So for me, my path, I was at uh, Gardner-Webb and was a, getting a business degree from Gardner-Webb, not too far from here. And my senior year, the Lord called me into ministry. 
And so I was graduating the business degree, and I was like, okay, what do you do with that, and how does that work into this God's call? And so I surrendered to the ministry, went to seminary. And so for seminary, you know, a lot of folks that go to seminary, guys that, that are pastors, they go to college and they study religion, and then they go repeat it on a little bit higher level at seminary. For me, that was not the case. And so for me, seminary, I just was soaking up all the different classes, and especially the preaching classes. And so I remember going, and, and it was very uh, kind of nerve-wracking a little bit. I remember having to practice preaching and writing sermons and getting before my uh, students, fellow students, and having to preach a message while they're videoing you and critiquing you and all these different things. And I remember, though... My preaching professor, Dr. McDill, and he was, um, we, were, we were talking about how to put together a sermon. I mean, you know, just simple stuff back then, uh, exegetical preaching. And, and I remember him uh, talking about, uh, he's talking to our students, and he said, if you see a word or a, 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 the same word used a couple of times in a very short period of time, pay attention, light bulb moment, don't miss it. And so if you go back to this verse and kind of look at it in that way, do y'all see the word that kind of pops out? Three times, actually, in one verse. Very close. Look at it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every what? Spiritual blessing. Pay attention. Don't miss this. What's God trying to get across to us here? Again, as we think about this truth that we're, if you're a Christ follower, we've been spiritually blessed through Christ, here, here's what God's trying to tell us. Number one, we're a blessed people, right? Right? And especially as we head toward this season of Thanksgiving, I think we think about it a little bit more, right? Some of you go around the table. How many of y'all ever, you have a tradition at your Thanksgiving dinner that you go around the table and give something you're thankful for, right? You know, we, we tend to think about it this, this time of season a little bit more. But what the Lord is trying to get across to us, because... If we were to go around the room today and say, how are you blessed today? We get a lot of different answers. Would you all agree with that? We get a, le- a blessing of relationship, a blessing of a spouse, a blessing of children, a blessing of a good job, a blessing of good health, right? The list just goes on and on and on. We've been here a long time. But the Lord is trying to get across to us in this particular verse that the biggest blessing that any of us could ever receive is a blessing of a relationship with Jesus Christ, period. And I think sometimes in this world we get that a little mixed up uh, about what, you know, in the, in the ups and downs and the things that, that we're going through. Because life is hard, right? Life is hard. We, we go through, di- there's curveballs thrown at us, and we go through different stages of life and different things that we deal with. And how we deal with those things tells a lot about us and a lot about our relationship with Christ. Doesn't mean it's easy. What, some, what a teenager is going through today, we might look at and say, man, that's nothing compared to what I'm dealing with, right? But for us, what's the biggest issue you're, you're dealing with today? And so we need to be reminded of that in the, in the ups and downs of life. I'll give you a quick example of that. Um, my uh, parents have been married 46 years. I grew up in a Christian home. I have a sister. She's married to a pastor. I mean, life has been really good in our, in our family. And so uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my mother was diagnosed with a rare um, cancer. It was like a kidney cancer, urethral cancer. And that, that was tough. And, and we walked through that. And, and my mom battled that for about eight months and went home to be with the Lord at the age of 67. That, that, was, that was tough. It was a tough year. And my parents had been married 46 years. And then about eight months after uh, my mom passed away, you're going through the first of everything, right? The first Mother's Day, the first birthday, the first anniversary of their anniversary, all these things that are very difficult to walk through. 
Um, my dad, start, had, we started noticing some memory issues with my dad, and so we took him in to get checked out, and he had a, a brain tumor. And we're like all in the same year. And I remember sitting there in Duke Hospital, and we, were, we had just walked through that with my mom at UNC Hospitals, and we're sitting there at Duke, and the doctor looks across from us, and my mom died in January of, of 2017, and we're sitting there in September of 2017, and, and the doctor says, if you do not do the chemotherapy and the treatment that we're, we're telling you, your dad won't be here by Christmas. And I was like, oh my gosh, my sister and I were like, what are we doing? And so as we prayed through that and walked through that with dad and talked about it, I'm, I'm happy to tell you the Lord took care of my dad. He's still with us. Um, he's, he's actually at my house uh, now in, in Matthews, and um, he's doing okay. I, one of the toughest things I had to do for him, was he was still pastoring a church, smaller church at that point, and I had to go resign for him. I had to preach a message and resign for my dad. That was very difficult in the fall of 17. Dad can't drive today. He still has some memory issues, but he's doing, he's doing okay, and we're very thankful to have him. But I'm telling you that not to warn any sympathy, but to tell you that, listen, we all go through difficult times. But I'm here to tell you today that I'm a blessed man because of relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've got to keep our eyes focused on Him because life throws a lot of different things at, at you. And I'm sure there are many concerns. The prayer list, y'all mentioned, there's things that people are dealing with that are very difficult. And we need to be reminded of this truth that if you're a Christ follower, your biggest blessing is relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been spiritually blessed through Christ. Look at verse 4. As we think about this second truth when it comes to this theme of what it means to be adopted into God's kingdom, look at the second truth. It's found in verse 4, and it's this. Through love, God made a choice to redeem us. Through love, God made a choice to redeem us. Check out verse 4. It goes on to say, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Isn't that awesome? That unconditional love, that amazing choice that God, God made to, to, to love us unconditionally. You know, I believe as he hung on that cross and, you know, 2,000 years ago, and, and that had to be tough, especially when the father turned his back on his son and the sins of the world, the past, the, the present, and our sins today was placed on Jesus Christ. He was thinking about you and me. He was thinking about us. He loves us that much. And he could have come off that cross anytime he wanted to, but he stayed on that cross because he was thinking about you and me and the, and the hope that we'd have to have eternal life in Him through, through in heaven. And so, very thankful for that. that. That Love is a word, I think, though, sometimes we mix up a little bit in our earthly uh, terminology, I think. And I, I think I use it a little bit as well. How many of us have ever said you love a, a particular team? Like, I know, I, especially if we'd have beat number one, I mean, I love the Tar Heels, baby. The Tar Heels are the best, you know. And I think we use our sports teams a little bit like that. Some of us use food like that. I love a ribeye, all right? You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever think about your favorite food place? And I think we might use that word love. Uh, it's interesting to kind of see how that plays out. The Lord definitely has a sense of humor, though. So I told you all I'm a Tar Heel fan. I've got three children. So some of you who knew us way back when, uh, my daughter Emma was born in 98, right, at Mary Black. My son Stephen was born at Mary Black in the year 2000. And I have a younger uh, son, uh, Ben, was born in 2002 in Florence. And so... If you kind of add those numbers up, you can realize that I'm in the midst of college, right? That's a lot happening in our household. So 
Uh, it was interesting walking through that with my daughter for the first time and touring all the, over the place. She almost actually ended up in South Carolina. She toured Anderson. She liked Anderson a lot. Um, she toured, let's see, Gardner-Webb, which is close. She toured um, and then the state schools in North Carolina because we live in North Carolina. So Chapel Hill, um, actually NC State, uh, went up to Liberty as well up in Virginia, and then Wake Forest. Those are kind of the schools that that uh, we toured with her. So it was a very interesting process. By the way, if any of you parents in here are dealing with college students or you're on the cusp of that, let's, we need to have a moment of prayer. There's a lot happening in that world. It's expensive, college expensive, the SAT preps, all those things, right? It's a, it's a tough time. And so I remember walking through that, and at first, it was like, I'm going to Liberty. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty expensive place, but we'll see if we can figure that out. And then it was like, nope, I'm going to Anderson. And then just, again, just going through all these different tours. So, again, I tell you, God has a sense of humor because I told you I'm a Tar Heel fan. Guess where Emma ended up? NC State, yes. I had to learn how to do this little Wolfpack symbol. And I'm writing checks to NC State, which is like, if you're a Clemson fan, writing it to South Carolina, all right? I mean, it's pretty tough. At least it's not Duke, I guess, but uh, yes. And so God definitely has a sense of humor. But when we think about this, coming back to this text, we see that that love that, that God has for you and me, we, we get pictures of it, but I don't think we understand the depth of it. I, I love seeing the children go out, and it reminds me, you know, children's church and different things. It reminds me of, of, of times gone past in the past where I would sit right here and do a children's sermon. Anybody ever seen a children's sermon? And, you know, let's just be honest, no intention to Pastor Scott here, but some of us get more out of the children's sermon than we do the real sermon sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because what is that children's sermon? Man, it's right here on this level, right? where everybody can understand. And what I love about a, a good children's sermon, and one of my favorites, is when you, when, when, when you teach on God. And really the simple part of that is, of who God is, God is what, to a, in a children's sermon level, God is what? Love. That's it. God is love. And what I love about that, as, and everybody can get that, God is love. And, and, and God just doesn't just talk about love. What does it say in Romans about love? It says that he what? Demonstrated that love, right? By sending his one and only son to die on a cross. He loves us so much. And, and that love should pass through us toward others unconditionally. I'm thankful for that choice God made to send his son to die on a cross for your sins and for my sins. Let's look at the third and final truth today. And, and this is found in verses 5 through 6. And kind of the crux of the message here as we kind of bring this thing home. Um, we see, it, continuing on, it says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now here's the truth. If you're a Christ follower today, then it's very clear that you and I have been adopted by Jesus into the kingdom. Now, you may have never thought of it that way before. Preached a lot of sermons along the way until the Lord let, I preached this text, but I never thought of it in that way that I, Kevin Qualls, have been adopted by God into the kingdom. Isn't that cool? That's what that text says. It says that we've been predestined to, be, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. That's an amazing truth for all of us to walk out here today. And let me explain that. Let's, let's bring that very clear to everybody. God is our Father. 
We are his children. We don't deserve to go to heaven. What's Romans 6.23 say? Y'all know that verse? I remember way back when. Anybody ever do Bible drill? You know, Bible drill? I was a kid doing Bible drill. And I remember um, studying and, and, and memorizing verses. And one of those verses was Romans 6.23. Now, they split it up back then. It was a part A and a part B. Now, part A goes like this. For the wages of sin is death. For those of you just trying to understand that part, that's bad, all right? That's not a good thing. Because if it stopped right there, we might as well close shop and just go do whatever we're going to do because nothing matters. But thank goodness for part B, right? It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that awesome? Let's come back to that. God is our Father. We're his children. We don't deserve to go to heaven. But because of an empty tomb... And Jesus died on a cross for your sins and my sins. He adopts us into his kingdom. He adopts us into the kingdom. Now, I, I normally ask this question. I'll go ahead and cut to the chase on this. But I, let's, let me ask this question and get a real response on this because I think this is important. How many of y'all know someone, a child, that's been adopted into to a, to a family? How many of y'all know somebody? Oh, man, that's good. That's a good number. All right? Now, let me... Let me come back with that question again in a second, so hold on to that. But what's cool about this verse is it teaches us a theological truth that God is our Father, we're His children, and we've been adopted in the kingdom. What's also awesome, and I love when, you know, when Jesus came in the gospel, so we had all these rich theological truths about God, um, but when Jesus came, He amped everything up to a whole new level, Right? And, and so our responsibility as a Christ follower. So James 1.27, how many of y'all know that verse? It's a pretty cool verse, all right? Just mark it and go check it out later. But basically what it says is pure and undefiled religion, okay, is to care for widows and orphans in their time of need is basically what we're talking about. Basically what that says is, is our duty as a Christ follower, your duty and my duty as a Christ follower, is to care for those in need in their times of need and specifically toward uh, orphans, children, and widows. And so when you throw all that together, and you combine it with the truth in Ephesians 1, it's a call to action by God's people. Now this is where everybody gets a little anxious, because everybody's like, okay, Pastor Kevin, are you saying that I have to adopt? All right, this is where, you know, you know pastors step on feet, and everybody pulls back a little bit. No, that's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not adopted. I've got three biological children. All right? Not everyone is called to adopt, but I believe everyone is called to be involved. Why? Because you and I have been adopted by God. It's simple. If you believe in the truth of what we just talked about, it is God's call and our duty to be involved in this issue. Why is that? Because the need is so great. The numbers are staggering, by the way. I throw them out there. It's hard to get a grasp on it. But 165 million orphans worldwide. Now, that's a huge number, right? But I believe, and I'm convicted, and I believe why God led me to leave the church ministry and come be a part of this incredible nonprofit that's, that's making such a difference in people's lives is that the church is the answer. And if God's people don't stand up, who will? If God's people don't engage in this call of adoption, in this call to be involved, who is? Because I believe these children deserve a home, but not just a home, Right? I deserve, they, they need to be in a Christian home, a two-parent Christian home, where they're exposed to truth and exposed to the gospel. And at the right age of understanding, they're going to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See, this is an e eternal issue that we're talking about. 
what I've noticed in, in my circles, and again, I preach two times a month, I'm gone. So I've preached in about 100 churches um, in three and a half years all across North and South Carolina. Even let me go to Alabama one time. Now, that's a different country in Alabama, by the way. I went there about a month or two ago. But what I noticed is a lot of the Baptist churches are very tied into local pregnancy centers. And that is incredible, man. That is awesome because we need to be on the front lines of life, right, and, uh, and stopping abortion. But where I see a disconnect sometimes is churches are supporting pregnancy resource centers. And by the way, y'all have an awesome one here. Alexa Newman, dude, y'all are blessed, all right? This is a blessed area um, with what God is, how God is using her and her team. But a lot of churches stop right there in their support level, and they don't really understand adoption. See, it all should be hand in hand because it's, it's awesome, and it's a blessing to save a physical life. But if you can take that, that child and, and that mom chooses uh, uh, adoption and that child can be placed in a two-parent Christian home and taken out of dysfunction, and, and it raises the likelihood of that child coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So ultimately, what are we talking about? We're talking about eternal difference. And so that's where we're really wanting to raise awareness of what God is doing um, from that standpoint. You see, our mission is very clear. Um, the, agency, uh, the agency I'm a part of has been around for 40 years, a long time. 2,000 children placed in Christian homes in that, that time period. And so I'm very thankful. I know Robert mentioned legacy. I'm thankful for that legacy, right, that, that God is kind of, that we have in our history. But I believe our best days are ahead of us, and the need is so great. And we've got to have boots on the ground getting out there. Our mission statement is this, to build God's kingdom by connecting vulnerable children and Christian families. Laser-focused, build God's kingdom by connecting vulnerable children and Christian families. And we do that in three ways. One is, I've, you already heard me talk about this, the children. I could, I could tell you situation after situation, but it's dysfunction out there big time. But we believe we can take a child that's in a very dark situation, spiritually, physically, place them in a stable situation of a two-parent Christian home, it ups the likelihood of that child coming into Christ. No guarantees. Right, but up's the likelihood of that child coming to know Christ. Two, we only work with Christian families. We're a nonprofit, private agency. Don't take any government funds. Don't want the government to tell us what we're doing, and so we're not going to do that. But to know that that we screen our families, and so if a family from New Life decides that God's calling them to adopt, Pastor Scott's going to write a letter. You're going to get testimonies sent in. I mean, we take that very seriously uh, of making sure these children are placed in a two-parent Christian home, um, as as the Bible says, to to raise you know the child up and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so we want to honor that. And then third, as Scott mentioned, I think it's a sweet spot, probably makes us different than any other ministry out there as far as adoption agencies is our work with our birth moms. Um, we, uh, just to be able to minister to these moms, these pregnant ladies who are in need, they'll call us six weeks pregnant all the way up to the hospital. And that's what Zan does. She's out there on the front lines and anywhere in the state of South Carolina. She's got a hotline, that phone rings. She's going to Charleston. She's going to Columbia. She's going to meet a mom in Spartanburg. It's happening, right? She's over that. And so just the opportunity to meet these moms and to be salt and light. Last year, we had many, many calls, over 200 calls in the past year. Uh, we've had, out of that group, the win for us is not just filling the call, uh, again, 24-hour 7 there, hotline, but to sit down across from a mom who's in a very difficult situation. Again, 
dysfunction, uh, total dysfunction happening with most of these moms. They're not married. They've, they they might not even know who the dad is. I mean, it, it, their ages are all over the place. We've worked with 12-year-olds that, that, that were pregnant, all right? And so, again, all over the place. And so, very difficult situation. So, this in this past year, we had about 110 moms that we've had the opportunity to sit down across from and minister to them in a very much time of need, very confusing time. And again, to be salt and light during those situations. Out of that group of 110, we've had, we've had a little over 30 moms that have chosen a Christian family through CAS. And so those, those children have been placed in a, in a, in a two-parent Christian home. And of that group, we had five give their life to Christ, the moms. And so again, salt and light, right? And, and, and you know, as a pastor, I celebrate the five. But I'm also, I, I worry about the other ones, right? But the Lord reminded me, he said, Kevin, you know, and we need this reminder as pastors sometimes. It's not our job. We don't save anybody. That's the Lord. But our job is to plant seeds. And hopefully when all this is said and done and we're in heaven one day, we're going to see those seeds that we're planted with, even though the rest of those moms, the, the uh, rest of the hundred moms that, that didn't come to know Christ in that moment, but someone came behind us at the right time and that those moms will be in heaven as a result, again, of us planting seeds. And so God's using this ministry in an incredible way. And we're very thankful for, for, for the, the path and what God is doing through this ministry. But we, the biggest need, now this always get this question, Kevin, what's the biggest need of Christian Adoption Services? Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't have to think about it, don't have to hesitate, is this, prayer, pray. The evil one hates what we're doing. He hates children that, that are placed in stability that are going to be exposed to the truth of the gospel and hopefully one day come to know Christ. He hates that. He hates that the gospel is being shared with these pregnant moms who are out there in major dysfunction and come to know Jesus Christ. And so spiritual warfare is very rampant and evident in all that we do. And so we need God's people praying for this ministry and praying that God will be with Zan as she's out there and protect her and give her wisdom in these situations and our other workers across North Carolina as well. And so we need your prayers. That's the biggest need. If, if, if you come out of here today and say, you know what, I'm going to pray for that ministry. Praise God. All right. It has been a blessed day. But there are many other ways to be involved in what God is doing through this ministry. Prayer is, is, is essential. Two, there may be couples here that God may be calling to adopt. Maybe you're nervous about it. Maybe you've heard some fears about it. We'd love to talk to you. We need great Christian couples that are out there. The need is great. And so you pray about that. You maybe say, man, I'm way too old to adopt, right? You're out there saying, listen, that, that's not happening for me. But you can help others adopt, right? You can give. You can help others adopt. And so there's many ways. And we are praying. And this is, where, this is very real. Right now, in the middle of this, we are praying God will help us open an office here in Spartanburg. We want roots right here. And so we want to invest in the local community here. So you can pray that God will open doors for that to happen again. We want that, well, that to happen very quickly. And so uh, I think next week you are going to get something in your bulletin about something happening. You may say, you know what, we, we need you to come to this. This is going to be awesome. We're having a banquet. It's a free deal, but it's coming up in a couple of weeks, actually. It's not like 14 days, uh, 16 days from now, all right? Um, Y'all are going to get these in your bulletin next week, and so um, you can look at it then, too. But on October 15th, just right down the street, uh, Bowling Springs First Baptist is allowing us to use their fellowship hall area for a dinner banquet. And we need your support to come to that. It's a free deal. It's a free dinner. You're going to hear the most incredible story 
Um, there's no guest speaker. I'm the guest speaker, all right? So that shouldn't excite you that much. So don't come for the speaker, all right? But I'm not even speaking, really. I'm interviewing one story, one adoption story, uh, the birth mom, the, the parents, the, there are others that were involved in this. We're going to share one story from A to Z. And it's, it's such an incredible story, so different of a story that you're going to be blessed as you walk out of there. So we want you to support that and come. And you'll have an opportunity to give afterwards, but that's not what it's all about. We want, to, we want to raise awareness of what God is doing here, and that will help us here as we launch in this upstate in the Spartanburg area. And that's coming up, again, October 15th. And you can drop by our table um, afterwards if you have questions. And, again, we, we want New Life to be a part of that. We want, want you guys to be a part of what God is doing here. And so... Uh, one prayer request as I close here, I always try to give a real story uh, of, of what God is doing. We, we work, Zan can tell you, we, we have so many different situations. Um, and, and, you know, we take risks that other agencies don't. Um, there are moms, Zan's met with moms here right in Spartanburg, going in some bad places, hotels, some rough situations, um, just to, to, again, be salt and light in those situations. We had a baby born um, just a couple of days ago as well. But we've got a, we've got a lot of moms we're working with right now um, in North and South Carolina. And we just ask that you just pray for those situations, that if the Lord's will, that the Lord will grant us favor. And if those moms cannot parent, that they'll choose us, that they will come work with us and choose one of our families so that those children can be placed um, in a two-parent Christian home. Again, a lot of different situations out there, and we're very thankful for what God is doing. But I do believe the best days are ahead for this ministry, and I'm thankful for the legacy um, that God has laid before us. And hope you can hear the passion in my heart. You know, this is, uh, I'm basically pastoring this ministry. I had somebody come and say, well, you left the pastor. No, not really. I'm pastoring this ministry, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. And we have all kinds of different volunteer opportunities as we, as we plant here in Spartanburg, and we want you all to be a part of it. And I know we're talking about hopefully partnering with you all in the future as a missions partner to what God is doing here. So, again, God is good. I'm thankful to be a part of just a small part of what God is doing from a big picture. And, again, so thankful um, for each one of you. And, and again, the takeaway today for, for, to remember, I believe, for all of us, it's to be reminded that if you're a Christ follower today, God adopted you. He's your father. We're his children. And, and then what, where are we gonna, what are we going to do with that from a James 1.27 perspective? I believe God has a plan for all of us to be involved in, in this orphan care side. We just got to figure that out. So again, thank you for allowing me to be here today. Let me, uh, let me close this part in prayer, and then Pastor Scott will come. Father, thank you just for your work in our lives. Thank you. Lord, how you continue to just teach us truths. Lord, I thank you for this truth you've taught me a few years ago about this text that I never really thought about, never looked at it from that perspective that I've been adopted by you and you're, you're my father, you adopted me. I didn't deserve it, but you adopted me. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Lord, I pray for New Life Baptist Fellowship. Lord, you continue to bless this church. You continue to enlarge its reach to be a lighthouse for you. Lord, to reach folks that don't know you. Perhaps in this building today, there's someone that, that realizes, you know, we're talking about being adopted and God's our Father, but they may realize that they've never been adopted. Lord, today is a day of salvation, and we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, and just pray that you'll work in everyone's lives today. The Holy Spirit knows all these situations, Lord, and we just want to give you 
these situations and that we'll be obedient. Whatever that looks like, that we'll be obedient. So, Lord, thank you again for loving us unconditionally. And thank you for adopting us, Lord. And thank you again for just the privilege we've had today to spend just a few minutes together in worshiping you. Lord, we give you this time and we thank you again. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you.